0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Time for us to have our weekly update on uh, the realities of COVID-19. And uh, I just, as we all have, have been watching these mass gatherings in American cities as the, uh, the demonstrations and the riots take place. And one of the thoughts that I've had, I'm sure so many people have had as well, is uh what 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 happens now? I mean, with so many people in such incredibly close proximity, do you end up with um, a situation where the virus now uses these gatherings as a launching pad for more more mayhem Dr. Isaac Bogosh, infectious diseases specialist at Toronto General Hospital and professor at the University of Toronto. Gives us his time each weekend, and much appreciated, Doctor Bogash. What about that? It's how how much are you, how concerned are you about what you're seeing from a medical perspective?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, everyone has their, their right to uh, exercise, to uh, to gather, uh, but uh, but you know, just purely speaking from an infectious disease standpoint, yeah, we know how this is transmitted. It's a respiratory virus, and certainly the as people gather in very close together uh we know that that puts them at increased risk of transmitting this infection things that are working in people's favor uh it's outside rather than inside so that takes the risk slightly uh makes the risk a bit lower uh we see you know depending on the footage you're looking there's uh some you know anywhere from low to high proportion of people wearing masks so putting a mask on can, can certainly help reduce the risk of transmission in that setting But no one would no one would bat an eye if you've got, you know, hundreds and hundreds or thousands and thousands of people together, very closely congregated. uh, There there could certainly be some transmission in that setting.
0: Are you expecting that?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be really hard to quantify, though, but uh, I just I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if we see cases now, are we going to be able to say, OK, you know, Fourteen days after these protests, is there going to be a spike in cases, and is it related to those? Ah, it might be hard for uh, to have a smoking gun, but uh, but there there probably is some transmission in those settings.
0: Yeah, uh, let me read you an email that I received from uh, from a listener, and uh, I thought it was interesting. He writes, uh, I am 60 years old. I'm scheduled to bring my car in for service next week. A lot of us are doing this now, whether you're taking your car in to get your winter tires off or you have to get an oil change or you're just getting your vehicle going again. He writes, my dealer will sanitize my vehicle before I get into it. However, should I have any concerns about the potential for there being viral particles suspended in air inside the vehicle from the technicians who were inside it? Do I need to open the doors for a few minutes before driving away? I have but one surgical mask, which I could use. My understanding is that it does not offer protection as would an N95 mask. I normally wear home non-medical face covering When I go shopping, I appreciate you taking the time from a busy schedule to reply. Regards, Amnon. What about Uh, that? uh, Good
1: question. Uh, Low risk. Low, low, low risk. I mean, you know, when when people are working in the car, uh, oftentimes the doors are open. um, And that that would certainly reduce the risk. Clearly, they're uh, they're wiping down all the surfaces, uh, as that person acknowledged. I think that's a low risk setting. Of course nothing is zero percent but you know this is this is it sounds like they're really paying close attention to uh, you know wiping down the, the surfaces in the car so you know i put that in the lower risk end of the spectrum these aren't particles that are going to be floating around in the air for long periods of time uh the they, the infectious particles uh that that would carry the virus fall to the surface pretty quickly and certainly if there was any lag time uh between people exiting the car and then of course sterilizing the car and him getting into the car i think this is this would be at a very low risk uh, end of the spectrum
0: kids uh, children are presenting with unusual health conditions i've been reading that rash fever etc with which uh, some medical experts are suggesting this could be somehow related to COVID 19 is there a story here
1: yeah there certainly is i mean uh there's uh there certainly is this is you know, the other word for this condition is called a Kawasaki disease or Kawasaki-like disease. We know Kawasaki disease is a not a very common condition, certainly it's not unheard of. Uh, all pediatricians know what it is and know how to recognize it. It's just not that common. Um, and it is, certainly it's treatable. We know that you can get this Kawasaki disease as a uh, you know anytime there's a high Uh, prevalence of an infection there usually is also a small spike in Kawasaki disease is this current spike in this Kawasaki like disease related to COVID-19 yeah it probably is it probably is obviously we don't have firm answers right now but there probably is a link and uh, we know some of the kids uh, who've had this are are either testing positive for this with the uh, with one of the swabs or with the serology test so I, no one would be surprised if there's a true link between infection and developing this. It looks like it's rare, mm. and that, that's, that's sort of in keeping with Kawasaki disease. It looks like it's rare. But, of course, if you have a pandemic, there's a ton of uh, COVID-19 around, so it's, it's just likely that we're going to see a, a related spike in this disease.
0: Which brings me to my next question. Is there, and I had a conversation with a friend about this, is there the possibility, uh, or is it fact, that if uh, you do happen to have the uh, COVID-19 virus, even if you're asymptomatic, which many people are, could that virus uh, trigger other health conditions that you may have that may be dormant or may have been dormant for some period of time? Could it be the catalyst to create further problems?
1: Yes, but I might be thinking along along a different line than you. Um, I think we're going to certainly see a spike in cardiovascular outcomes. What do I mean by that? Heart attacks and strokes. Uh, there's a well known association between influenza, the flu, and having a cardiac event like a heart attack or a stroke. And when I think the dust settles and the math is crunched, I think we're going to see a signal amongst the noise. This is obviously in people who have pre existing risk factors for heart, heart attacks and strokes. But uh, many people that study this relationship uh, are expecting this to be a real association. And of course, just like the Kawasaki disease, we have a pandemic. There is a large global burden of this infection. The deaths aren't all gonna be related to the infection themselves, but uh, might be related to ancillary uh, underlying medical conditions that are exacerbated by this infection, like cardiovascular disease. So no one would be surprised if there's a spike in heart attacks and strokes uh, in the numbers moving forward.
0: And this is people who would have contracted COVID-19,
1: obviously. Correct. That's yeah. totally correct. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Is there, here's the the usual question for you. Has there been movement? Has there been news? Have there been developments on the vaccine front that are uh, significant over the last time we talked a week ago? I, yeah. I know it's a, like a daily yeah. question, isn't
1: it? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is such a, so interesting. I'm following this area so closely because you know, clearly that's one of our, durable solutions out of the mess that we're in. But uh, there are about a hundred or so teams working on the vaccines. Many are taking several different approaches, but there's progress. Like there are now 10 teams, there's 10 teams that are in human trials of the vaccine. I mean, that's that's incredible considering that uh, we've only known this infection has existed for about six months or so. So we have to remember, developing a vaccine to get it even in, to get it into human trials there has to be a ton of work that's done to make sure that it's safe to start the human trials they have to do a lot of laboratory work you have to do a lot of uh, animal work as well uh, and then and only then can you start to look at the, the human trials. so there's 10 in human trials and one of those 10 is actually in much more advanced human trials as well uh, this is the oxford group they're, they're in a, what's called a phase 2 clinical trial so we should have results Hopefully by late June, that might demonstrate whether or not the vaccine is actually effective or not. The other human trials are looking at dose finding and safety and looking for if humans make the appropriate antibodies. But the Oxford group is so advanced that they're actually doing trials to see if the vaccine works. Uh, so, so, yeah, there has been progress and it's, it's moving at a lightning, lightning fast pace.
0: What are you focusing on when you uh, when you start your week and you start to pay attention? I'm not suggesting that you quit any at any time because I know that you're <laughs> you're driven you're driven to to, to pursue this. But yeah. what where is your focus as as an individual scientist, infectious diseases specialist? Where is your focus on this COVID nineteen?
1: Yeah, my, well, my my primary concern, obviously, is, I, you know, I'm sitting here in downtown Toronto, but I'm very interested in the Canadian. Uh, approach, and of course, our close neighbors, the Americans. And we know that what happens in the United States will closely affect us here in Canada. So I'm really watching how Canada's handling this. I'm looking at the outbreaks that are occurring. I'm watching the Ontario and Quebec response, because clearly we're the, Ontario and Quebec are the are the ones lagging behind in Canada for a, for a variety of reasons. I'm watching how it's unfolding in the United States. Sadly, watching this Being politicized as well, which is unfortunate, but seeing the heavy burden of infection, there wondering how are we going to open our border safely? I know it's got to be done at some point, but you know we just risk reintroducing this infection to places that we've worked so hard to get to have such a low burden. That's going to be a challenge. Looking at the global landscape as well, places like Russia and Brazil, Peru, just getting pummeled with this infection now, and watching uh, their responses. there's just so much going on. Um, Also looking at the scientific discoveries, you know, it's really interesting. I don't know if you want to go down this avenue, but there was a very high profile study published in the Lancet, uh, which is one of the best medical journals in the world. It was published last week in the Lancet showing looking at hydroxychloroquine. Uh, It's not the ideal study, but it's one of the best studies we'd have to date. And it looks like they might have to retract the study because the, the data just doesn't add up. There's some there's some uh, really messed up uh, features of the data is it real is it falsified these questions are being raised so so there's a lot going on right now and uh, and uh, you know it's 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 hard to keep up with the with, with yeah. the pace well, if it's, so hard. If, it's front.
0: if it's hard for you it's impossible for us <laughs>
1: well yeah.
0: but I, I dr. Bogosh, it's always good talking to you thank you so much for the time all the best sir uh, have a
1: Have a wonderful
0: afternoon. Thanks. Dr. Isaac Bogosh, Infectious Diseases Specialist at uh, Toronto General Hospital and professor at uh, the University of Toronto. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.